Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into his word. Let's jump right into today's message. We do want to welcome those of you that are watching online or those that are listening via the podcast. It's good to have you. We consider you a part of this family. Hope Covenant, would you welcome our online viewers and listeners? Great to have you. This morning, I want to welcome the Lord. I want to pray, and then I want to go into this message, choosing to be connected. It's funny that this message is on being connected, and this morning, literally every distraction that could possibly come against us happened this morning on the way here. But how many of you know that that means this message is for today, and we came here for a good time and a divine appointment with you, Jesus? Father, we just welcome you this morning. We welcome your presence, and I thank you, Lord. I rebuke every distraction, even those that are listening on the podcast or online, anything that would try to distract you from the word of God and the presence of the Lord. Father, we came to meet with you and hear from you this morning, and we declare your joy. Lord, I thank you that this morning would not just be a message that that we would hear me, but, Father, that they would hear you. Every person in here, we want to hear from you. Father, I want to hear from you. And, Lord, I thank you that there would be refreshing, that we would be refreshed as we dig in to your presence. And I thank you, Lord, your your word does not return void. So we declare your word this morning and we stand on your word firmly and we ask for a change that we would never be the same. If you believe that would just shout amen. Amen. Choosing to be connected. This is going to be a fun message. I want to just go ahead and give you a forewarning. We're going to have fun this morning. All right. So the message again, choosing to be connected. We've been going over this sort of an anthem. This is not a series, but this has been something the Lord has had me bring to our attention every week that the choices I make will determine the person I will become. And the verse that we've been reading is Proverbs 2, verse 11, wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. So today I want to discuss the choice to be connected because this is a choice that we have to make. And I believe it's so important to be connected, especially in the day and the hour that we're living in. How many of you know we need each other more now than ever before? We need to be able to lean on each other. We need to be able to contact each other and go through things. The Bible says that when one member of the body suffers, we all suffer. I believe that when one member of the body celebrates, we all celebrate. We're in this together in the good times of the bad. When you're standing up there and you do wedding vows, oftentimes you'll hear that we're in this marriage in the good times and the bad times. How many of you know this is a marriage? We're a marriage. We're a family. And so we're in this in the good times and the bad. You go, well, that person disappointed me. You know what? We're all going to disappoint each other. And remember this, that as much grace as you afford somebody else, that's the grace you'll receive. And I want to say this, if you're taking notes today, you never know what somebody is going through. You never know. I want to give you a story. This is not in my notes, but I had a, a lady, it's a neighbor of mine, and, and uh, I, I moved her garbage can because I was trying to get into my garage, and her garbage can was, it's in the back of, the, we live in a townhome, and in the back of our townhomes, it's really, really hard to pull into our, our garage without pulling into the concrete slab that's in the garage in front of you. Well, what I didn't know was somebody had pulled into her garage and actually bumped the garage. They was actually, I know who it was. 
was. It was a moving truck. It was too big for back there, and they tried pulling it in. But she didn't know who it was, and so she had a video camera installed, and I saw her garbage can blocking the concrete slab. She didn't, I didn't know this, but she didn't want anybody to back into her garage again. Well, now she has a video camera, and I went and moved her garbage can back against the garage door and backed my Jeep in, and I was sitting in my Jeep for a second on my phone, and next thing I know, her garage opens, and I see her mouth moving and notice these are not good words. She's upset at something <laughs> that I did. And so I, I call her the, the gar, our, our little name for her nickname was the garbage can lady because she was irate about me moving her garbage can. I'm like, are you kidding me? Well, yesterday I was in my Jeep and I noticed she was planting flowers. And uh, so I went up to her and I said, hey, I'm so sorry. I said, I didn't mean to upset you. I, I was trying to pull in. She goes, yeah, well, and she went off on me again. And I said, look, I am so sorry. I did not mean to do that. I said, uh, would you forgive me? I, I didn't know that somebody ran to your garage. I actually know who did it. I know when it happened. And I pointed to a gutter that they messed up to. It was the truck was really high. And she goes, oh, she said, I, I had no idea. She said, so it wasn't you. I said, well, actually, if you look at your garage door and you look at my Jeep, my Jeep is much higher. It would have gone like more midway in the garage door. That's like real low. And this truck had a little step and that's what hit it. I watched it happen. She goes, I am so sorry. Well, then later on in the conversation, it came up that I was a pastor. She goes, do you mean that I cussed out a pastor? <laughs> and I said, well, I guess. I said, look, I put my pants on the same way everybody else does. I said, I knew there was something going. I didn't know what it was. But I gave her grace, and the Holy Spirit said, love on this woman. Would you know this woman is like our best friend now? And she said, she ended the conversation with, if y'all ever need anything, please feel free to call me. And then I backed my Jeep up, and she actually moved her flower pots up the thing so we would have more space to do it. How many of you know it pays to be nice and be kind? And you never know what somebody's dealing with. You never know what your waiter or waitress or your barista or whoever it is, you're the person checking you out at Home Depot or Lowe's. You never know. But I believe that being connected is important, and I believe being a witness leads to us being able to connect. It's hard without relationship. I've watched people go and correct people without relationship. How many of you know when you correct somebody without relationship, that never works? You've got to establish relationship before, some, before you try speaking into your life. By the way, just a word of knowledge for everybody. Unsolicited input is probably the worst kind. So we've got to be careful with that. It makes it hard for people to connect with you when you're like that. But Jesus said this. And being connected is, it's biblical. In John 15, verse 4 to 6, remain in me, also I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. So picture a tree. He's the trunk where the branches, okay? I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. So what Jesus is saying is when you're connected to me, you're gonna make a huge impact. You're gonna bear much fruit. Your life is gonna be much easier with me than without me. Now, that doesn't mean we don't go through hard times, but what it means is we've got the power of God that we're connected to, which how many of you know we can make it through any time when we're connected to the Lord? Verse six, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. In other words, you're good for nothing. That's what that verse is saying there. So Jesus is giving it very plain there. What Jesus is saying is that he's the life flow. And when we're connected to him, we will thrive. 
The branch has to be connected to the vine because it's the life flow that allows the branch to live and flourish. So let's be connected to number one, God. And if you're taking notes, write that down because that's what allows us to flourish. The branch can't receive the nourishment and life flow needed to survive apart from the vine. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to be connected. Awesome. Recently, I was, I was carrying some things in from the car. I, I, uh, I, I'm one of those, like, I want to make one trip, guys, like, from the car, from the ground. Anybody in here want to make one trip? So I, like, loaded up. I, and, and then in the car, I noticed Liz and I drink a lot of water. There was all these empty water bottles. And Liz has an awesome habit of leaving the empty ones in the car for me. It's a blessing, really, that she blesses me with. So I loaded up, and I had all these water bottles. And I was walking into the house. I had the bags, the water bottles, and my iPhone. And I dropped my iPhone. Not the water bottle that was empty. I dropped the iPhone. <laughs> Can I tell you that I dropped the wrong thing? And oftentimes when we're carrying too much, we can drop the wrong things. We drop our connection to each other. We drop church. We drop, we drop accountability. We drop the wrong things oftentimes. And the very thing that's of value is the thing that, that'll crack on the ground if we're not careful. We are, we are the only ones who have dropped something important. I want to look at this story, and I'll set this up before we go there. There's a woman named Naomi, and her family, they lived in Bethlehem. Bethlehem had a food shortage. It had a famine that was going on, and so they moved to a town called Moab. And let's look at Ruth 1, verses 3 to 5. Now, I'm going to do my best with these names. I'm probably going to botch them. I'm not a scholar. There's, I'm just going to, I'm going to go for it. All right. Y'all wish me luck. Now, now Amalek, Naomi's husband died and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other named Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, both Milan and Kilion also died. Those were the husbands. And Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. So Naomi lost her husband and two sons, and she is left with two daughter-in-laws. In this passage of scripture, you can see that Naomi lost her two sons and her husband in the middle of being disconnected from her hometown of Bethlehem. Naomi was grieving without the fellowship and community of her town of Bethlehem. Now, I want to stop right here. When you go through a tragedy or you go through something in your life that is very difficult, you go through a trial, you go through a financial struggle, it is important and a matter of life and death whether you're connected or not. You will struggle. We were not meant to live this life alone. When Adam was in the garden, what happened? There was a rib that was taken from him and God created Eve because he needed a partner. We all need partners. We all need fellowship. We all need people because God recognized for Adam to be alone was not a good thing. And I believe that's been an attack that we've been going through ever since 2020 when this whole pandemic broke out that the enemy is, and we've talked about it many times, trying to isolate us all and affect community and destroy relationships so that he can ultimately destroy you. That's his tactic. That's his strategy. He wants to keep you disconnected. He wants to make you feel like it would be more convenient and better to sleep in on Sunday morning than go to church. But there's something that happens, and this is not a, a, an indictment on anybody watching or listening online. There's something that happens in this room during corporate worship that can never happen when you stay at home. 
There's something that happens when you're surrounded with people. The Bible talks about it, that we provoke each other to jealousy, and it's a great thing. My passionate worship can become contagious. Your passionate worship can become contagious. So Naomi was dealing with an unhealthy spiritual culture that was around her. Compounded on the fact that Moab was unfamiliar, was also a town that worshipped false gods. So she was in a town that was not a godly town, whereas Bethlehem, they worshipped the one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So she moved from a town that was healthy and spiritually thriving because of a famine and because of difficulty to a town that was ungodly. There was no fellowship. It was alone. Everybody look and go, this was not a good thing right here. So Naomi decided to move back to Bethlehem and Naomi had two daughter-in-laws who were still living and she gave them the choice and said, look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stay in Moab. I'm going to Bethlehem, but you guys choose whether you want to come back. She's giving them an option. In other words, you're my daughter-in-laws. If y'all want to come, come. If not, that's fine too. And this is what happens in Ruth one verse 14 to 16. And I'm going somewhere with this to track with me. I'm setting this up as they wept aloud again. Obviously they're grieving. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Let me explain to you right there. Ruth chose to move back to Bethlehem with her mother-in-law, and Orpah chose to stay in Moab. Okay, so they had moved from Bethlehem to Moab, and now they're moving back, and Ruth decides she's going. Orpah decides she's staying. You find later on that Ruth lived a blessed life and flourished as she moved back to a godly city surrounded by godly fellowship, starting with her mother-in-law. And Orpah, you just never hear about again. Orpah, it's like just gone, out of the Bible, done, right there. And here's my question for you, because what happened, I believe, is that Orpah didn't have godly fellowship. She wasn't in a godly city, and so she didn't flourish. I am the vine, you are the branch. She wasn't connected to the vine. And so you just never hear about her. I believe she died. I believe that's what happened. At least she died in scripture. We know that. You never hear about her again. So my question is, are you surrounded by godly fellowship? And 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33 says, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. In other words, if you don't have a good godly hang, it's not going to provoke you to live a good godly life. So you may need to choose somewhere in your relationship with the Lord. I'm cutting this out because it's toxic. Okay. And that's important that we make those decisions. The Bible says it's a matter of life and death. Are you in a godly environment on a day-to-day basis, or do you need to make some changes? And I want you to write that down in your notes because this is the action assignment that oftentimes we have to cut out the things that are keeping us from growing in the Lord. Part of the reason why I married Liz was because I knew that we would be equally yoked. The Bible says, do not be unequally yoked. I knew that Liz had the same spiritual standards as me, and I actually knew that she would encourage me in the Lord, and I would encourage her. We would provoke each other to get closer to Jesus. And because of that, it's been a life-giving marriage. 
And because of that, our love has grown, uh, grown even closer to each other. It's, it's amazing what happens when you do things God's way. You are who you are surrounded with. In other words, you are what you hang with. What you associate with is who you become. So I want to ask ourselves a few questions. What are we holding on to that may be separating us from being connected to what's important? And number one is, are we holding on to conflict? Are you holding on to trouble? Are you holding on to conflict? Just ask yourself this question. It's, it's, it's rhetorical. Just ask yourself this question. Naomi left the promised land because there was a conflict. There was a problem. She left over the famine. And man, write this down if you're taking notes. Don't leave your promised land or your promise just because there's a problem. In fact, they teach you that when you're building a business, that there's going to be some hard times. You're going to have to press through. When we founded this church, there were times that my dad, who's the CFO, called and said, hey, the bank account looks like this. Negative, da 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 What are we going to do? And I said, look, we're going to trust in the Lord. And he encouraged me because he's been through this longer, been doing this longer than me. We're going to have to faith this through. God will come. He'll provide. He's Jehovah Jireh. Some of you may be looking at the check register going, oh, my Lord, holy moly, what am I looking at here? Guys, that's the time. Do not leave the promises of God. When God says, do it, do it, and remain faithful because if you abandon the promise, it doesn't end well. Stay connected to the promises of God and the word of God for you. And when you don't know what to do, we stand. That's what we do. We don't move, we stand. And we look forward and say, yes, sir, you said it, God, that settles it. Now, I'm not suggesting that you get into bankruptcy and things and be stupid over it. I'm not talking about presumption over faith. What I'm talking about is when you know that you know that you've got a word and it's just difficult, you got to press through. I've been listening to some successful businessmen that say those who make it are the ones that don't get scared. They just keep going. And with tenacity, they keep plugging through and pressing through and they don't get tired. So don't get weary. We all need to stand firm when conflicts arise. We need to stay centered. If you carry conflict, you can block yourself from receiving what God has for you. So you got to block out the trouble. You got to lay it at the feet of Jesus. Maybe you need to establish a moment in the nighttime where you say, Lord, these are the things that I'm feeling anxiety over. And there's a song I used to sing when when I was a kid. I cast all my cares upon you. I lay all of my burdens down at your feet. And anytime I don't know what to do, I will cast all my cares upon you. You know, I started playing that song again because how many of you know when you're younger like the cares are like this and you get older and the cares are like this and so now I'm singing that song and I'm declaring that over all the situations that I'm looking at that I'm going God I don't know what to do anytime I don't know what to do I cast all my cares on you but I am not going to carry conflict in this season I'm not going to I'm not going to let something take up space in my mind that has no place doing that If you carry conflict, you can block yourself from receiving what God has for you. The Bible says one of the things that that really can block that is bitterness, which defiles everything. 
You need to keep yourself free and clear. Ask yourself, is there a relationship that that person is taking up more headspace than they need to take up, than I need to lay this down and forgive them? By the way, the Bible says that in order for you to be forgiven, that's what you have to do. So forgive them, lay it down and bury that thing and never think about it again. And I'll just give you a little story of something that happened that I realized was a root in me that needed to come out. And it's somebody that's not even alive. There is somebody that is not alive that hurt me bad. It was a betrayal. And I realized just two weeks ago that I was consumed with the thoughts of this person and they're not even alive anymore. And the Holy Spirit said, are you allowing a dead man to have that much space in your head? And I went, oh, snap. Um, Crackle pop. I mean, it totally affected me. And I paused and I went, Jesus, I need you to forgive me for that root and that a dead man would have that much authority over my thoughts. Get rid of the conflict. Get rid of the clutter. I'm just giving you an example from my personal life, guys. I'm, I, listen, I'm living this too. I'm, I'm on this journey with y'all. I don't want anything blocking me from the presence of the Lord. The Bible says bitterness defiles everything. So keep yourself free and clear. Forgive quickly, even when it's unwarranted. Hebrews 12 verse 15 says, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. And by it, many become defiled. Some versions say, in other words, bitterness defiles everything. So it's critical that who you are struggling with, that you need to forgive, that you do it and do it quickly. And remember that delayed obedience is disobedience. And the Bible is really clear on this subject. The second is holding on to comfort. Unlike Orpah, Ruth chose connection over comfort. She chose to move. She chose to uproot herself and go with Naomi. She chose to inconvenience herself and move back to Bethlehem, which was unfamiliar at that point. Remaining connected will come at the sacrifice of comfort. An example is, it's inconvenient, guys, to come here on Thursday nights for prayer. It's inconvenient to come to fellowships during the weeknights. You go, are you trying to market for, no, listen, I understand there's family life, I get that. But it might be healthy for you, and we're going to actually be launching classes on Wednesday nights starting in September. Life development classes. Some of them are going to be child training courses. Some of them are going to be, and I'm going to have different people teaching them. I won't be teaching them, but I'm going to bring some seasoned parents in to do that. It might be my parents teaching that. I'm not sure. But we're going to do child training seminars. We're going to do gifts of the Spirit. We're going to talk about the manifestation of, of tongues. We're going to talk about healing. We're going to talk about all kinds of things, and we're going to rotate on Wednesdays different subjects and keep that going so we can develop an understanding of what Scripture says. We're a Bible-based church, so we're going to dig deeper on Wednesday night starting in September. We're going to run these periodically. In the, it'll be like probably whatever, four weeks or so. We'll figure it out. We're going to do it organically. But it's important that you come so that you can grow. It's important, but it's going to be inconvenient. Because let me tell you, in my experience in church life, it's like the first two weeks of something, everybody comes, and then the third week, it's like, okay, it drops off by the fourth week. It's like crickets. And I want to encourage you, let's not do that. Let's be committed, and let's come, and let's grow, and let's press through. You can stay in your cozies, or you can come out and sacrifice, and you'll spiritually grow. I just had that in my notes, so I figured I'd read it. Life is all about choices. Your comfort may conflict with not just your connection, but your calling. 
I wonder how many of us are not fulfilling our calling because we're living in a comfort zone. You go, you're really getting up in my pudding. If I am and the shoe fits, wear it. I mean, just make some changes. I'm not saying this to get on to you. I'm saying this so that we can grow spiritually and thrive. It's about choices. And the third one is holding on to clutter. What am I holding on to that I need to let go of so that I can receive all that God has for me? Maybe you're starting your day without connecting with God. And the day gets cluttered. And before you know it, you're facing challenges and things are spiraling downhill all because we didn't start the day in God's presence. And it's easy to happen. In fact, I just paused and, and, and I just made a, a whole, and I to, I've told y'all before, Benny Hinn wrote a book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit, and he addresses this subject in the book that, look, if you can do your day without the Holy Spirit, that's not a good thing because that means you're doing your day in your strength instead of God's strength. So good morning, Holy Spirit is the first thing we all need to do. Lord, direct my day, ordain my steps, and connect with God. And how many of you know if you do that every day, I would dare say you will not be anxious. You will not, be, you will not struggle with anxiety. You will not struggle with being overwhelmed when you start your day in the Holy Spirit and say, surround me and comfort me and help me and give me wisdom. And that's why I recommend a Proverbs a day. It's the book of wisdom. A Proverbs a day keeps the stupid away. It's a book of wisdom. Read Proverbs. Trust me, it changes things. There's some great stuff in Proverbs. It's the best fortune cookie you'll ever read. Maybe you're in a relationship that's separating you from God, and you're cluttered with that because you're unequally yoked like I was just talking about. Maybe social media is keeping you cluttered. From being connected with God, you're scrolling on Instagram when you could be spending time in the presence of the Lord and you're comparing the house or the car that somebody else has that you want or the career path that looks, everything looks picture perfect and it's so filtered it's not even real. Maybe you have FOMO, fear of missing out. You're on your phone trying to connect. It's funny, I, I actually, I have AT&T. Uh, sometimes that's unfortunate. Sometimes it's fortunate, but I think all the cell services right now are trying to do upgrades on towers. But the other day we had absolutely no service at our house, which usually is like the fullest signal. It's 5g. It's awesome. And, uh, and the other day I was like freaking out because I, I, I couldn't go on. I'm like, Oh my God, I can't connect with Instagram. And I went dad that you are acting extremely irrational and stupid right now. You need to stop. And I realized after like the third or fourth, it was actually a full day of it. I realized actually after I forgot about that, how amazingly peaceful my day was. My phone didn't ring. I didn't have any issues. It was perfect. And the Holy Spirit really got a hold of me and said, see, all, all this is unhealthy perspective. It's unhealthy. Remember pay phones? What, what ever happened to those days? Like, okay. I'm going to hit on another one that maybe attendance is taking a backseat at church because of sports. You know, and we've got to prioritize that. We've got to make godly choices. I'm watching a generation that has so much busyness and so many things that they're disconnected from Holy Spirit. And guys, I want to say this. There is no sport that's more important than connecting with God. The healthiest thing that we can do, you go, you plan that one. That's a setup. Listen, I'm not pointing a finger at any person. If the shoe fits where we're always going to speak the truth and love in this church, and I mean it in love. But we have got to make priority spiritual growth above all else. I'm not anti-sports, but I'm anti-sports taking precedent of connecting with God. So check yourself before you wreck yourself. We can't allow clutter to consume us. We all need to take a survey. 
What's consuming our time and does this honor the Lord? And listen, if you feel like your decision does honor God and this is a priority, fine. We support you with that. But check yourself and ask the Lord, does this glorify you and how we're using our time? You're susceptible to deception when you're disconnected. And that's where I was going with that AT&T thing. I was disconnected and I was, I was super concerned about things and, and, and I, I felt a lack of connection there. And guys, maybe some of you are feeling a lack of connection with the Lord. And I've had many of you ask me, in fact, just even recently, some of you have emailed me or messaged me and just said, hey, can you pray for me? I feel disconnected from the Lord. What do I do? The Bible says in Matthew, when you knock on the door, he answers. So when you ask the Lord to reveal himself to you, he will reveal himself to you. I don't believe in dry seasons. I believe in connecting to the Holy Spirit so that he can fill you up and so he can rain down and he can give you exactly what you need when you need it because my God gives and supplies more than I can need according to his riches and glory. My God doesn't leave me in lack. And that means not just financial, that means his presence. There's more than enough for each of us, more than enough of Jesus to go around. We, can't, we cannot allow clutter to consume us. The devil will try everything he can to disconnect you from the vine of fellowship. If he can disconnect you from fellowship with the Holy Spirit and those that are around you, he can deceive you. You are susceptible to deception when you're disconnected. So three things We must make the choice to be connected to. And the first one is God's presence. James 4, 8, come near to God and he will come near to you. So that, what what does that mean? It means when you don't feel it, come near to God and he will come near to you. And you will feel it. It will catch up, but we're not led by our feelings. So even when you don't feel it, good morning, Holy Spirit. God, you know, I even tell the Lord that when I don't feel it, I say, Lord, I'm not feeling it right now. I could use a little extra love. I could use a hug right now. Like, come on, I need this. I need like a drink. I need a water bottle right now of your presence. Can you just do this for me? I have never had a moment where he's hung me out to dry. Never. Now, I've had moments where I've gone some, and I've had to take authority over my emotions and say, okay, Holy Spirit's not an emotion, he's a person. Okay, that, that'll preach right there, that he's not an emotion, he's a person, which, by the way, will help you correct your emotions. You go, that's tough. It's true, and it's the truth that'll set us free. The presence of the Lord is not an emotion. Now, it will evoke emotions. When you feel his love, tears. For me, I have wept in the presence of the Lord. I've had an emotional response, but I understand that God is a person. Some of you need to make the choice to leave Moab and go back to Bethlehem and get into God's presence. In other words, you need to leave the atmosphere that's keeping you in an ungodly situation and get into an atmosphere where you can flourish in the Lord. Which is why I I looked on social media when I did have an AT&T connection and I saw, Jessica, that you were posting about the church, and I loved it. And I want to ask you, thank you. Uh, yeah, it was like a, bl- a blown kiss to me. Thank you for that. I, I felt it right here, speaking of emotions. And I want to encourage some of y'all. I, I would like to ask you, every person in this church, to use your social media to let, the tr- let people know, let this community know that we're here as a church. 
because something powerful happens when people walk in this room. You know, Liz and I come here every Saturday and we pray over this room. We pray over every chair. I touch every chair in this room, sometimes with oil, sometimes not. Don't worry, you're not sitting on oil. Uh, But I anoint these chairs and I pray over them that every person in here would have an encounter with the Lord. And I believe that the power of God is in this room that when they come and experience the community of you and then an encounter with God, when we start worship, man, a life can be changed forever. And I'm believing in that and it really blessed me. And and I want to encourage you to do that. We need to leave Moab and get people in here in Bethlehem in the presence of the Lord where, where lives will be changed. Three things we must make a choice to be connected to. Number two is we must be connected to God's people. That's the fellowship of each other. Ruth said, I'm going where you go, Naomi. Mom, her mother-in-law, I'm going where you go. She made the choice to surround herself with godly company, and it kept her centered, and it kept her prosperous. The Bible says she was blessed as a result of that decision. And then the third is we've got to stay and, and choose to be connected to God's power. We've got to make the choice that we're going to allow ourselves to marinate in the Holy Spirit. And some of you, I believe the word for you today, and I know I talk about this a lot, and I do because it makes a huge difference, that when you increase, some of you need to make it your goal to increase your time where you not only talk to God, but where you listen. You know, I have for far too long, just a little, little transparency. I have bombarded God with these things, but when I started listening to God, that's where I got peace. When I asked the Lord to speak to me, and sometimes it wasn't necessarily an audible voice that is like, sometimes it happened through scripture, or sometimes I would see something and God would speak to me through a situation. God can speak to you through several different ways. There's many ways God can speak to you, but when you ask him to get a hold of you, he will. And I'm not talking about flaky stuff. Like, well, Lord, if I get to the light and it's red, I'm going to know it's you. Like, I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. And I've done that too. Like, okay, whatever. And I'm like, okay, hold on a second. I'm I'm getting a little superstitious. God is not superstitious. God is God. But he will speak clearly to you. When you ask him to speak, he will. We need the Holy Spirit. That's the voice of God. That's the communication. That's how God speaks to us. And that's why we call ourselves at Hope Covenant a Holy Spirit-inspired church because it's through hearing God that we're going to have all of our issues solved. It's through hearing God that I'm going to grow. But we've got to make ourselves available. And that's why I always say to the worship team, and they'll tell you that oftentimes we have a list and I completely abandoned ship. We did it just this morning. They had no idea where I was going. And I tell them, look, God says man makes his plans, but then he brings ordination to the steps. So maybe your week looks one way to you, but God's going to clear some clutter and show you what he really wants you to do. So my question is going into this week, With your preconceived ideas of what it needs to look like, are you open to what God wants it to look like? Maybe God's going to tell you to stop at Starbucks and talk to a barista who really needs to hear from you. And you thought you were just going to go somewhere. That's inconvenient. Are you going to choose comfort or when the Holy Spirit says, do it, do it? This church was founded because there was a man that was told to go to Starbucks who was on his way to Kentucky from Atlanta, stopped in Charlotte, and the Lord told him, stop at South Park Mall, go to Starbucks. I walked into Starbucks, and he saw me and said, you're supposed to plant a church in Charlotte. And that was confirmation. It wasn't the first time I heard it, but it was confirmation, and that was all a result of that man's obedience. You never know how your obedience is going to rock somebody's life. So we're not just doing this for us. 
We're staying connected for the purpose of, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. And because you designed us this way, this is the way we're going to be. So with every eye closed, I just want to ask you a question that I want you to ask yourself. Am I fellowshipping enough? Am I surrounded with godly company that are pulling me higher? Am I surrounding myself with people that are going to come alongside me when I'm going through a challenge? Am I being transparent? Am I connecting with my issues and telling people, I have a problem, I need help? The Bible says, confess your sins one to another. And I'm not saying that it's necessarily even sin. It might just be a challenge. We need each other. And Father, we need you. And so this morning, Holy Spirit, we ask you to speak to us. And we repent right now for not spending time with you. And maybe it's enough time with you. And Lord, we ask you to speak to us clearly. Father, I ask for peace over every person in here this week. That you would wrap your arms around us as we connect with you, Father. I thank you that you would connect with us. It says in your word that you do that. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them, it says in Matthew 18, verse 20. Father, we invite you and ask you to dwell within us and be with us this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we keep our eyes on you. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. Jesus, no matter what it looks like, we fix our gaze on you. We fix our eyes on you. And I thank you, Lord, that you're bringing us into great times together as a church. I thank you that you're growing us as people, as individuals, and you're growing us corporately as a family. And Lord, we thank you for your presence and your goodness. And just say this out loud. I declare peace. No, say it like you mean it. I declare peace and joy over my week. I speak to you heaviness. I speak to you anxiety. I speak to you overwhelmed, and I say the only thing I'll be overwhelmed with is the presence of the Lord in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe that, would you just lift up a shout, Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name, you guys are dismissed. We'll see you next week. Love you guys. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.